Celebrating 25 years of leadership in the St. Louis region, this is Focus St. Louis Leadership Podcast. I'm Yami Akande-Barch, President and CEO of Focus St. Louis, and your host. Join me as I talk with great leaders and visionaries inspiring our world to be a better place to live, work, and play for all of us. Ready, set, talk. Welcome to the Leadership Podcast. And my guest today is none other than Marcy Bursack. And I have to say, I'm really excited to be talking to Marcy because I've known Marcy for quite some time, not just as a Women in Leadership alum, but you've done a couple of pivots in your personal life and also in your professional life. And we're going to get an opportunity to talk about that today. So some of you may know Marcy as the USOA Mrs. Ohio 22 um, what do we say? You're you're the pageant. Uh, yeah, that's just who you are. Yeah. Right? Well, yes. I, I don't know, right? Like I, I entered a pageant this summer. I'm not a pageant person. I'm learning. I'm learning this platform. It's kind of a way to bring the echo that I'm trying to put on foster care adoption yes. and bring that into a really positive space. So it's a, it's a new thing for me. That's great. So we're going to learn about that today. But she is an incredible woman. She has served as a mentor to me going through the adoption process. So I'm glad that she could join us today, not just as an alum of Focus St. Louis, but also a woman who went from working at Connections to Success, doing great work in the community, to then waking up one day and say, you know what? I need a pivot in my career, and I'm going to go into IT. And you went through, I would say, an expedited training to do so. I did. And now you are at Spectrum just doing incredible work there. But that's why we're here. For those of you that don't know her, she's also a graduate of Belmont University, St. Mary's University of Minnesota at Belmont. You graduated with a degree in psychology, minor in education at St. Mary's University. You have a master's of arts in philanthropy and development. And what's this thing that I hear that you're also working on an MBA, a woman after my own heart? Collecting those degrees so she can be the practitioner academic that she was destined to be. But yeah. I'm excited that you can join us here today. So I'm welcome. i to be here. Thanks for the invitation to come. Oh, absolutely. You were one of the first people that I thought about when I started to think of bringing our leadership podcast here. So let's let's start out. Tell us your story. How'd you get to now? <laughs> <laughs> I think so much of that, Amy, in like a sentence is just... Sometimes you can know enough about what you're wanting that you need to take a step forward. And sometimes that step forward has absolutely no promise, mm -hmm. but it's what you're supposed to do. And so I was a first-generation college student, didn't have a lot of direction on what to do, fell into the nonprofit world, fell into philanthropy work. I loved it. I got a degree in it because I wanted to be really good at it. Yes. And then in the process, I adopted two kiddos who were biological siblings through the foster care system. Right. And I had this moment of, oh, no. I never thought about my mom goals. I never thought about where I wanted to be with my kids. So, for instance, I didn't – what I knew I didn't want was putting them to bed over the phone heading right. into a 6 p.m. meeting. And I'm like, yes. this isn't what I want, but mm -hmm. I never thought about it. Yeah. And the answer for me was, well, then pivot. You're going to have to get out of the nonprofit world. And so I went through Launch Code, mm -hmm. based in St. Louis, spread across the country, was in their co-ed program, and then got my foot in the door – it's Spectrum. I did some time in software development. I've pivoted a little bit and kind of combined my leadership skills and my 
strategy skills and now I'm more analyzing some of the internal things Mm -hmm. that we're doing. But it's definitely been an incredible journey of just kind of stepping out. Like when I career pivoted, I had no idea. Uh, Could I learn the skill? Yes. Can I get a job? I didn't know that. When I signed up to adopt my children, I didn't know if I would be chosen, if my husband and I would be chosen to have them. But you went in and you went all in. Right. Because I feel like so much of it, and I'm learning that in this pageant world right now, too, that I'm like, I don't know if I'll win a national title. I'm preparing as if I will. But at the end of the day, I'm proud of myself for seeing an opportunity and saying yes and saying, I will grow in this space and I'm, I'm happy to be in front of people and follow my face. Like if I totally do this and it means the voice that I'm trying to echo for children who are waiting is bigger, that's a win to me. I'm like, it I is. don't care if my dress is pretty. Like I'm going to, I'm doing all this stuff. I'm I was going to say, don't skills. forget the pretty factor. Right. Yes. I got to go do some shopping and learn some skills and learn to walk in five inch Heels? Five inch? I didn't even know they existed, but good I to know. Walmart. Can you imagine that? Yeah. <laughs> I talked to someone that was like, oh, yeah, you buy Jonathan Kane, their suntan, they're like a nude color, and their five inch heels. So I looked it up and I was like, Walmart carries those. Okay. I did not know that. Yeah. So I wow. sometimes practice just because you have to like put your feet in front of each other in a way that is not as natural as we walk. Sure. So it's, mm-hmm. it's a new skill set, but it's like, but I can embrace the skill set and I don't know where else I'll use that skill to walk in those shoes, but. It's a new, uncomfortable space, right? So it's how do I find a way to embrace change that is living it out loud, right? right? Like how can I embrace learning something for the sake of I'm growing? And I don't know what I'm doing, but I know that I'm learning and willing. Talk about a growth opportunity. When I saw that you were going to participate in this pageant, I had to go back and read your LinkedIn. And I thought, what did I miss here along (laughs) the way in just my knowing you? But at the same time, it brought me joy that Mm. you were trying something that it was outside of what we know you for. Mm -hmm. And it almost gives people permission to do other things, to lean into the discomfort Mm -hmm. without any, I'm tying expectations to this. It's all about the winning as it is the experience. Right. And so much of that, Amy, it's interesting to hear your perspective because I remember when I just felt like, oh, I should go research this. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this isn't (laughs) me. Like, I I don't do this stuff, but if I'm supposed to, maybe I should, right? right? And it's been interesting because I've learned that so much of what I'm what what kind of is expected or what is needed to do something different, whether that means you're going to a theater program and you're becoming an actor and you've always wanted to, or you're learning an instrument or you're taking a dance class, whatever the thing is, I'm learning that all it is is you saying, okay, I'm gonna do this. And I'm gonna invite people in to help me know how. So you ask people how, you ask people where, you know, and it's the skills that we've used, at least that I've used in other aspects of my life that I'm just using those again. And saying, okay, I don't know how to X, Y, and Z. So who can I ask that does? Absolutely. And it reminds me of back in the day when I was working on my journalism degree, one of the things or certain things that we were told to keep in mind when you go into any situation where a story is concerned is to ask the who, what, when, where, how. And it sounded like that's what you've done in in your experience of just Mm -hmm. pivoting and diving into different aspects of life. And to hear you talk now at the beginning of this interview, I'm reminded of this quote by Howard Thurman. Don't ask what the world needs. Ask what makes you come alive and go do it. Because what the world needs is more people who have come alive. Mm. And that's you. 
Mm, that's, that's so you. good. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. That's so good. Well, and that reminds me of during the pandemic when I was like, I need to scale what I've been doing and write it into a book. I've never written a book before. That's true. I had never done that before. And how long did the book take you to write? My goal, because I had tried like a year before and I used like an online template and it just didn't feel good. And so I kind of put it away. I worked at it for like a month on the weekends and I was right. just like, ugh. And so during the <laughs> pandemic, I just felt an urgency of – now is the time. And so my goal was to write it in the month of August. It was like at the very end of July. I like wrote it all down on paper. And I talked to my husband and totally forgot, Amy, that the very first weekend in August, we had a weekend out of town to celebrate our anniversary. Oh, wow. So I was like, oh, I kind of made a goal. We kind of have this. And mm-hmm. his response, Amy, I'm just so grateful. He said, well, great. We're going to go to a library while we're out of town. Oh, and That's I was like, we are? Awesome. And he said, yeah, I can do some other things, and you're going to – you need to move forward on this goal. I, I love your husband. You. Right? Aww. Right. That is excellent. It was so supportive. So I ended up – because I was calling – I talked to like a sell, like a publishing coach. Right. I talked to some entrepreneurs that knew writers. I learned what to do along the way. So I came out 25 days later with two national endorsements and a wow. manuscript that had already been vetted and edited along the way. That is an amazing story. So to all the book writers out there, myself included, I've been working on a book for 12 years now, and I keep on telling people it is going to come out any minute now. You're Mm -hmm. basically telling me that it is doable. It is. And it sounds like it's just a matter of focus, Mm -hmm. getting organized, and having perhaps process goals Mm -hmm. to get you to the end of the road, where now... You not only have a book, you also have a podcast, mm-hmm. and you're getting an opportunity to, to tell the greater world about foster care adoption, the stories, and also the realities, because I've tuned in to your podcast as mm-hmm. well. So to, to our listeners, you know, I, I want to say out there that if there's something that you're thinking about doing and you're just wondering, is it time? I don't think there's necessarily a right time as it is if you've made that decision to go forward. I agree. That you can leap. Absolutely. And I think so much of it, to your point of how how do you move it? How do you move this thing you've thought about, tried, and didn't do? And and I've talked to other people. They're like, Marcy, I have this book idea. What do I do with it? And I'm like, you ask yourself realistically, when can you have your draft done? Sure. It's as easy as that, right? And for some, it's, okay, well, I have these other commitments or dynamics. And so next summer, well, tell me what month. Tell, you have to name it because if you can say it out loud and especially tell someone else, I wrote mine out, like I printed out a month calendar, wrote in pencil, had like done with manuscript written. And then I told people kind of in my inner circle, I wasn't like, hey, world. Until yes, a little exactly. bit later, I kind of posted like, hey, I'm close to being done with my manuscript. Right. But having that tangible deadline for yourself held it's me important. accountable. Yeah. yeah. And you had accountability partners in your inner circle. Right. To help. Hopefully in a friendly way, go, when is that book coming out? Any minute now. It's been 10 years. Um, And that helped you just be able to execute on that. So congratulations on that. So I'm curious, what drives Marcy? What drives me? Yes. What are the values that drive you, that just keep you rediscovering aspects of yourself that you didn't even know was possible? And this question is an interesting one because I'm like, what do I not know about myself that but it, I don't know if it's possible. I know at my core, I'm a learner. Mm. And whether degreed or not, like I love just trying new things. So I'll, I'll get a book and kind of skim through it and try to take out of it what I can. And I often repurpose, like maybe this was meant for this industry or like an example I used in the coding world when I started at Spectrum is there was this process to create data that people were taking like almost the entire workday 
to create just kind of a, a test data set. And I was like, sure. wait a minute. If we use mail merge, I think I can do this in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I, mean, I could. <laughs> and it's like those don't go together. You don't think about using Microsoft Word mail That's merge. That's true. And a software developer, like you think programming languages. And so I think just the idea of how can I allow myself to be outside the box. So mm -hmm. I love that is one of my values, that things are not always created for their uh, for Actual all intent. their purposes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because sometimes you can repurpose mm -hmm. those things. But I think what gets me up in the morning is this drive and desire that, and I don't know exactly the core of this, but making the world better. I feel like I'm indebted as a human being to do that. And whether that means encouraging someone or sending a note or playing with something that is a concept I'm trying to play with for the future or whatever right. it is. But I feel like there's such intentionality to my spirit that I'm like, okay, now that I have met this person or I want to meet someone in this space or like case in point with, with representing the state of Ohio, even though I live in Missouri, the opportunity presented itself because my partner, the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, their founder, Dave Thomas, mm -hmm. was adopted through foster care. So uh -huh. they've supported my book. They provided tools to me when I was adopting through foster care. And this opportunity was, well, what if I could represent the state of Ohio where the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption is based? Well, That's in excellent. turn, Amy, this is amazing. So. I went up to Ohio just around Thanksgiving and did a book tour throughout mm -hmm. the state. Yeah. And I was at a local bookshop in Columbus. And as I'm talking with the store owner a few weeks out and we're kind of planning things, she said, Marcy, I just got these tote bags. Hold on a second. Yeah, there's information inside on foster care adoption. Should I hold these for wow. when you come in town? And I said, well, hold on. Who dropped them off? Because that's right. what I want. I want to talk to that person. person. Well, fast forward, she she made sure that was okay to connect with this woman. Her name mm -hmm. is Lynn. Yes. And Lynn is a social worker with the state that works on foster care adoption. Get so out. she's wow. been a partner. So we text and we email and we call and we're working on ways to streamline the process to get licensed to adopt through foster care. It's a government program. Yes, yes, yes. We don't ever think about our taxes being easy. People right. don't think about signing yeah. up for food stamps as being easy. It's not simplified. So mm -hmm. she and I are trying to streamline what we can do to help this bigger process that impacts 120,000 kids. So there's things like that that, that, that I'm like, Amy, I didn't know when I said yes to Ohio yes. that that would be something along the path. But I found a kindred spirit who knows so much about a system, and I can say, I just have these questions. I'm wondering from the outside, could we do this or that, or is this even a thing? And she's able to go kind of navigate from the inside. I have to say it's it's the it's the fearless Marcy. <laughs> I I love it because you're open, you're having this conversation, you don't know where it will lead, but you're still open. Yeah. And that openness, I think, is what's helping sort mm. of expand your world. And you remember this. I moved here from Ohio, and I can't tell you, it almost seems as though everyone on their way somewhere needs to connect to Ohio or needs to go through Ohio. I can't tell you how many people I've met just nationally mm. that have made their way, born, raised, passed through, drove through Ohio that I've connected with. So There's a good energy. I have, there like, is. Before I ever said yes to serving with the United States of America's pageant system, I have a sibling that lives up in Cleveland in Ohio, mm -hmm. and I have a good college friend in Columbus. And so I reached out to them and said, okay, 
what do you think? And I'd reach right. out to the Thomas Foundation as well because, like, hey, what what do you think? I have this opportunity. And my sister was very supportive. And my girlfriend said, well, hold on. She's a mom blogger. And there's a huge network mm-hmm. of mom bloggers in her city. She said, let me, let me kind of inquire for you. Right. So she did her research and came back and said, Marcy, listen, here's the word on the street. As long as you're not from Michigan, we all love you. Oh, Okay. I won't go the Michigan route because I think I may sure. have a guest from Michigan, but I'll accept that. that sure. Because that the, is yeah. awesome. Yeah. the state competition, competition of the, yeah, of the professional yes, sports, which was yes. adorable. But mm-hmm. I was like, how embracing. Absolutely. That they were like, we understand what you're trying to accomplish. And if yeah. that means you represent where we live, but you want to help us, let's do it. Yeah. I'm such a strong advocate for adoption that, you know, our connectivity over that, you know, being an ambassador just to promote that because there's so many kids in the system. There are. And there are so many folks out there who have the love to give. And mm-hmm. if you don't know the process, I want to say connect with Marcy Barsack on LinkedIn. Listen to her podcast. Buy her book, The Forgotten Adoption Option, because it's important. And this is how we can grow our future to be parents to, um, you know, to the kids that need our love. Exactly. And that need our support. And it's hard to, it to your point, like navigating adoption, whether you go international, adopt a kid overseas, or you go infant, private, and you adopt a baby in the United States, or you go through foster care and adopt, it, they're, they're just processes that have steps. I joke with people that I'm like, in the foster care adoption space, there are 52 steps. And you can meet – I don't know if there really are 52. 52, But yeah. you, can, you can sign up and start the licensing process and feel so overwhelmed because it conflicts with your time or the social worker leaves. Like all these different things that I've heard my readers and friends tell me over the years of like, oh, Marcy, this is so daunting. Mm-hmm. But I, I find that when people know what to expect, right? Okay, when you're going to make Thanksgiving dinner – you know you're going to spend some time in the kitchen. Well, if that's the expectation, then it's so much easier to say, I need to set out a whole day ahead or plan differently. Plan accordingly. Yeah, exactly, for how that's going to happen. And so I had a gentleman that I work with. He and his wife are pursuing foster care adoption. And, and just recently he reached out and he said, Marcy, listen, we're so close to being licensed and so close to being able to be matched. He said, but I got to tell you, we wanted to quit. Mm. And I said, well, tell me about that. He said, right. well, the, the social worker lost her paperwork and then they left their job. And then this training we signed up for ended up not being the night that we, you know, moved our they schedule around with their schedule. Right. all these bumpy things. And I said, you know, I said, I have to tell you this perspective. I said, we all know what it's like to go to the grocery store and there's the bad cashier. Right. You you knew when you got in the line, you saw everyone else around you and you're not moving. You're not moving at all. And I said, the challenge with foster care adoption is you're going to feel like you're in the bad cashier's line Mm -hmm. and you can look to your left and you can look to your right and you can think I'm getting out of this line. I said, but I, I want to ask you to remember that the kids, the kids that are at the other end of that cashier's lane. They're the ones that are suffering and they're the ones that are waiting and they're the ones that are ready. Right. And it's not their fault. It isn't. That they're at the end of that line, you know? And so it's just like if you can level set your expectations and bring some compassion and realize you have to kind of project manage quite a bit. Right. You can get through it. You got through it. You adopted. Yes, absolutely. It's it's doable. And I would say patience is the name of while you're waiting Mm -hmm. and also believing that it will happen and thinking, as you've said, it's the children that are mm-hmm. on the other side there that are going to benefit greatly. And the love that's going to come from it, mm-hmm. nothing short of amazing. Right. 
Nothing right. short of amazing. So I, I want to ask you, so what's what's next on the horizon for you? <laughs> since you, you wake up every morning and you go, okay, what is a huge mountain or peak that I mm. need to climb today? What are you thinking? What do you think is on the horizon? So 12 months ago, Yami, if you would have said, Marcy, you published a book, what's next? I would have been like, you know, wiping my hands. I did the book. I'm done. And I learned, I didn't know this ahead of time, that when you write a book, the first step is writing it. There's mm-hmm. work. There's so much work to do after you publish it. Mm. And I didn't know all of that. And so ah. <laughs> that opened a whole world. Um, so what I am doing for me, it's really kind of phase two of this this project that I'm working on. So I have a podcast. I spent first the first season of the Forgotten Adoption Option podcast interviewing either parents that had adopted through foster care or children who are varying ages that they shared their personal story. In fact, my kids, little sister and big brother, they came on and did a special episode together. It was so fantastic. That's great. So you get to hear firsthand stories. And so for me, for phase two, what I'm doing for season two is I'm focusing on the how because people are coming to me and saying, okay, your book broke it down and I can listen to it in audiobook. It's at my library. It's 90 minutes, but I want to hear more how. Mm. So for instance, my, my first episode of my second season is two women who are technologists. Okay. And they have just, in the state of Ohio, piloted uh-huh. their technology to help fast track kids. I to saw pair that with on their your LinkedIn. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. And so the yes. question for the podcast for that one is going to be, how can we position ourselves mm-hmm. with the right data online? That's like, true. Because if we're helping their databases have the right data, we can help connect more dots. So, And there's another episode, Lynn, the social worker I mentioned, is going to come on. And we're going to talk about how you know you're ready to adopt. Because as you said, that is true. you're not really ever ready. You're exactly. just willing. You're off to, you know, That's mm-hmm. often the case. And so mm-hmm. for me, it's really trying to unpack even more. Right. I didn't know where this would go. I thought, okay, I'm going to take – I've been having people in my home. They, Someone, a friend, a mutual friend knew that my husband and I adopted through foster care. They knew to send people our way. And that's oftentimes like 50% of people that adopt usually mm-hmm. ask a friend or family member who did it how to sure. do it. Like it's all word of mouth. Yes. And the pandemic showed me, okay, I can't really do this in person. Zoom's working. But, but if I write it down, it can scale. And so I've been able to partner and work with people in as far over as Washington, all the way over to the East Coast in Florida. There's a ministry in Texas that carries my book. That's and anytime awesome. someone contacts them, they say, okay, I'm going to overwhelm you if we talk for three hours. Instead, just have this. this and book. then you can go and reference it. And so for me, it's really trying to figure out how can we help more people, more adults be aware of the need and the how. And, and the so, possibilities. And the possibilities. Because oh, really great. the goal would be how can we kind of not have an orphan crisis anymore in our country? I think these kids are often forgotten. That's why my, my book is titled The Forgotten Adoption apt, Option. Apt. Yeah, aptly titled. Yeah. I mean, I think if I could dream in the future, Amy, I'll just say it out loud. I would love to work on a Hallmark movie. Oh, I would love to. She said it here first. I did. Hallmark, tune in. You got it recorded. Yes, yes. And as I've I've spoken virtually and in person, the, the one thing about... My own journey in adopting through foster care is is why? why. Why did we choose this? And for me, it was I went overseas right out of college and I served in orphanages. And these oh. kids were dropped off by mom and dad because mom and dad couldn't afford them. Mm. And so it wasn't a matter of neglect or abuse, but it was like, I can't actually Financial. provide the means right. for you. And I remember coming back from that trip thinking, I'm going to adopt. Like, I don't even know if I can have kids, but like, I want to adopt because I want to bring all those kids home. And I 
feasibly I can't, right? I can't right. bring like 30 kids home mm-hmm. at, at that point. But then I, my husband, when we started dating and we started talking about, do you want to have kids? And I said, look, like, I am not interested in biological children. And I thought, okay, this will be a deal breaker. Yes, this exactly. is over. Bye. And he said, well, actually, I really want to adopt. And this is what I wanted the Hallmark movie with. And I said, well, what do you mean? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, Marcy, when my grandfather, when Grandpa Sam grew up, it was the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And there weren't orphanages yet. And healthcare was very, very different in terms of the types of medicine we had. And Grandpa Sam's mom and dad died within a few months of each other, leaving Sam and two older siblings orphaned. Wow. And the saddest part of the story, Amy, is the community knew this. The community saw this. And the older brother and older sister were taken in because they could help on the farm. It takes a village. It takes a village. Sam was seven. He was mm-hmm. quite defiant. He was a young man. Right. And he grew up on the streets. Mm. And so he slept in the back of grocery stores. He tried to help on some farms to make some money. He got in a lot of trouble. Right. Because he was rough around the edges, right? Mm-hmm. And the story, I've, Sam has passed away. I didn't get to meet mm-hmm. him. But the way his, his daughter tells the story is that Sam knew the police very well. Mm-hmm. And one day he's in the officer's car. And the officer said, listen, Sam, this has got to be the last time you were behind me in my car. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to drop you off at this church and you're either going to change your life or if you come with me again, it's behind bars. You got to pick. Wow. Story is Sam walks into this church and their teaching is his future wife. Wow. And my husband was raised by Sam and Sam created family oh. and Sam made it a priority. He ended up opening a used car business mm-hmm. and making a living for himself and creating family. And to me, like... For, for, like, how my husband and I talked about adoption, he said, Marcy, my only requirements are it needs to be Grandpa Sam. It needs to be a kid in our own backyard who's True. older. And I yes. said, I don't know how to do that. Do that. I didn't yeah. know how to do that. Right. Yeah. And so to me, like, I'd love to work to tell stories, mm-hmm. to tell Sam's story. Wow. That is so inspiring. Such potential. It's yeah. so powerful. And I want to say the fact I'm I'm a firm believer in when you put things out into the universe, you have hope, you have belief, and you have faith. It happens. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm going to invite you back to talk about your Hallmark movie <laughs> that you're going to either have, you know, a spot in or you're going to be directing it. I, I, can really, I can really see it, and I do believe it. You know, I could talk to you forever. I know. And now, that, and now that we've said this out loud, I'm like, okay, well, now I have a couple of people I might go filter this past to uh, see. Yes, yes. And your husband's like, who's going to play me? Start <laughs> thinking. <laughs> well, it is always a joy and a pleasure to see you. And Same. you continue to live the life inspired. And I'm glad that you could join us on our leadership podcast today to tell your story that keeps on evolving. And I'm hoping that our listeners are inspired to do more, to listen to your podcast, to pick up your book, and to learn more how they can continue to be in service in your respective communities, wherever you call home. Because we have right here joining us today a leader who is purposeful, who is driven, and who's just up for anything. But make sure she has accountability partners. So thank you so much for joining us here today, Marcy, on the Leadership Podcast. It was a blast. I hope it encourages others. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Look for this in future episodes of the podcast on the Focus St. Louis website and right here on 89.5 KCFV-FM. Until next time, I'm Yami Akande-Barch. 
The opening and closing music is by Blue Sky Moon Performative Consciousness, licensed under an attribution, non-commercial, non-derivative 4.0 international license.